Welcome to 2018. This is On She Goes, the podcast. Hey. Um, We're going to have a cool episode today. Uh, We're going to talk about some hot topics, some travel New Year's resolutions, and we're also going to talk about traveling by land and sea, not necessarily flying. Um, So we're going to talk about cruises, road trips, and this episode is entitled, Girl, You Road Tripping. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean, Sarita? (laughs) I feel like it means like you're just, I don't know, I just like to add girl in front of everything, but I feel like it means... uh, it basically means like you're just you're 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 tripping. You you going out on the road? You taking a you going on a boat? You gonna stay on that boat all that time? <laughs> the whole time? Or in that small car? Right. Filled with people. You taking that ten hour train ride? That's a long time. But I'm a fan of the ten hour train ride, which we'll find out later. Um, but first, to go into some hot topics, I wanted to do a follow up on the Bravo show, To Roam With Love. I actually got a chance to watch it last night. Can you tell us a little bit about what that show was about and what we kind of talked about? Yes. So uh, To Roam With Love is a show about uh, women, five black women, um, that are traveling to Rome to find love. Um, They're actually doing it with a uh, matchmaker, she has this service and she's already set these women up on dates and so on. So they're there. They're going to be, you know, on the fly hooking up, but also like they have pre-scheduled dates as well. So um, when we first talked about it, we were like, uh, is this playing into a fetishism? Is it playing into just like this stereotype of black women, like not being able to find love? Is it, you know, hitting some negative points? And um, I watched it last night, and I have to say, first of all, the woman, the matchmaker, she's done this a couple of times. She's done this, like, not just with, you know, these women. She's done this, like, many times before it was a TV show. She's had women come to Rome, Mm. yeah, to Italy in general, to find love. Italian men apparently love black women. And the reason why they said on there is because there's not a lot of black women. So Mm. we're special there, which... Is that fetishism? I don't know. I don't know. A couple things that stood out to me. Well, for starters, the show, I feel a little bit different about it. All of these women have been through many different heartbreaking things, divorce, infidelity. There's a lot of pain in a lot of these women. And it's almost like they're like, well, I've given up. I'm just going to come here and see if somebody wants me. Mm. Which is like sad, but it's also like, I mean... You got to do what you got to do, though. What, I mean, what do you guys think? Is there space for them to heal from Thank these you. past yeah. relationships? Thank or you. is it just like just jumping in and throwing somebody into a new situation? Right. Why? It seems like it's a, a convenient escape from having to deal with the actual issues of why the past relationships didn't work out, mm-hmm. coupled with still that like exoticism of being something different in a new place. So somebody's mm-hmm. going to want me here. Yeah. The woman, actually, who is the matchmaker, her name is Diane Valentine. Just wanted to note that. Is that her real name? Yeah. D-I-A-N-N. Valentine. Yeah. Um, So. marketing. Right. 
But, you know, so the space that they have to kind of work through their issues is mostly the space within each other. Mm -hmm. So like when they're sitting down, they're all in the same house and they're getting an opportunity to kind of talk to each other and be there for each other. So it's almost like a sister circle in a way where they're just kind of, I'm so sorry that happened to you Mm -hmm. and I can relate because this happened to me. So they're almost getting an opportunity to talk it out. But you do see the pain that's still there. But yeah, when I was first um, researching this, I did see that this woman, Diane, does do a trip where she does, and it's usually like 30 black women. Mm. And, she, and she like sets it up and it's almost like you can buy a getaway. Mm. It's less of a setup matchmaker situation where it's like a mix and mingle, put you in situations kind of thing. And I think the title of To Roam for, for Love, love mm-hmm. it's just in the same with any of these shows it's like at the end you find someone who is your mate and you get married and you go from like not knowing each other to like lifelong partnerships whereas I think that could be really fun to explore something Mm -hmm. where it's just like I just want to try it and maybe I just got out of a serious situation and this gave me the courage Mm -hmm. to go out and date again or to to be like oh I still got it or like you know to try it out so I think in that way that's that's the beauty of this show or even the work that she does. It's like sometimes you just need to push yourself out to the deep end and be like, okay, I could do this. And then totally go whatever way you want. It's also just exploring other options, I guess. I mean, I feel like get it how you live sometimes, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about was H&M which we just saw yesterday, and their coolest monkey in the jungle sweatshirt that they placed on a young black boy. I mean, listen, we're all in advertising. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Is it just just not having the foresight to say, nah, not a good look? Is it intentional? Is it just being, like, just dumb? Like, what is it? I, I mean, I immediately go to two things. One, so many people don't know that reference of, like, black people being called that Mm -hmm. um, historically or even to present day as a racial slur. And then, so I I don't think it's in their knowledge base. And then it goes back to diversity is so important. We need diverse people in all areas. But I feel like the most basic way that advertising has tried to address diversity is through casting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, look at us. We're going to cast a black boy Mm -hmm. in this. And I think those two things and not having the diversity behind the scenes to know that that's not cool. Because, you know, kids play around, they climb trees, they do all that stuff. It's not an inappropriate statement, but it's just layering it on top of that and not knowing just shines a light on who's behind the scenes. Because if it was somebody that knew, it wouldn't have happened. Right. I would go a little bit farther with that, though, to say, like, not only behind the scenes, but in front of the scenes, because somebody edited that image. Somebody that was a select that went on the website for multiple weeks before anybody saw it. And like there was nobody of color in like any of those positions, like in that cycle of something going from like a shoot to like the final product that thought that there was a problem with it until Mm -hmm. it got called out. And social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is the larger problem. And then I'm curious to know if there was somebody, but then it becomes a cost thing or right. like, mm-hmm. well, no one said nothing and all that stuff. Like, I would love to see if anything comes out of the people or the opportunities that they had to do something about it. Right. Because it's like, even if we are there in those places, are our voices heard to make a 
mm-hmm. change that in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even as people of color, I think we all know that, like, it's hard sometimes to say something, even if you see something and you're like, oof. I can't let that fly. But you're also like, am I going to get fired? Am I going to get put off this job? Like, if you are the photographer and you maybe you happen to be a black woman, you know, and it's like, oh, man, that's maybe not that kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like you kind of are like, well, shit, they just hired me for this gig. And, like, I don't know. I'm just going to try to take these photos and get this cash. It m- makes me think about the work, the courageous conversation work of, mm-hmm. like, it could very well be a white person that has that knowledge and make that change. It doesn't require a person of color to do that. So even of everybody connected to that, to not know that, I think that responsibility falls on everyone. That's true. That's why I think like, you know, like you mentioned courageous conversations. I think it's really good that Wyden does it because I have to say, like, before Courageous Conversations, before I went, I would have, wouldn't have felt as comfortable mm-hmm. speaking up about something like that if I didn't realize that other people were privy to it. Well, that makes me think. So Courageous Conversations about race is a training program, and it's all about, it's something that we did at our company, and other companies are taking it on, and it's uh, hosted by or ran by Glenn Singleton and his company. And it's like a two-day immersion where we're just talking about race and our personal relationships with race and understanding and how that kind of connects to how we show up at work. And I think what was amazing about that, like what you said, my takeaway, I remember we had to do one exercise where we were grouped with people um, who we identified with racially. And um, we kind of we talked about what white culture was. And even in the safe space of being with their group, we had a hard time saying it. We were still filtering ourselves because we didn't want to sound mean or out of pocket or whatever. And then the thing that Glenn had said was like, okay, well, white people need to like open their eyes and stop being oblivious, but people of color need to speak up. So it's just like, okay, somebody could be open and aware, but if you ain't saying shit, like people don't know what they don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was something that was tight. And then it gave us that common language so that... I've said it before to somebody like, yo, can I have a courageous conversation with you? And they know what's up. They're like, okay, let me get in the right (laughs) mindset. Let me open up my mind and all that stuff. So it was really cool because I just feel like things that we would talk about with in our group of people who have experienced what we've experienced, we were now able to talk about across racial lines. Mm -hmm. And you can find out more about that, too, at CourageousConversation.com. Shout out to Glenn Singleton. He's great. So what do you guys think their H&M is going to do? I want your predictions for the H&M future. I think they're going to take the item off the website first. I think they'll probably have like a generic apology and they might donate the proceeds from the sales of the sweatshirt to like uh, a charity. What charity do you think they're going to go for? Probably the National Wildlife Fund. <laughs> I really do. I think it's going to be something else out of pocket that they'll have to learn from. I, I really do.
Um, so we have our guest with us to talk about our topic of the day, which is traveling by land and sea, um, road trips, train trips, cruises, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we have some friends of On She Goes, Lindsay Murphy. Hi. Erica Reed Dixon. Hello. And Asia Toy. Hello. So they're joining us. They're going to tell us some travel stories, talk to us about their experiences, um, and First, um, I'm going to go to Asia first and talk about cruises. You you have some cruise experience. I've never been on a cruise. Has anyone here ever been on a cruise? No. Let me take a cruise roll, roll call. Roll call. Erica. Erica's I been have. on a cruise. Asia's been on a cruise. Rebecca, no. Why? I'm just curious why no one's been on a cruise. Ro- I haven't because I just haven't had. This. I ain't getting stuck out of no, <laughs> the middle of nowhere. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think we all came of age like when the Titanic came out as a movie. Oh. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> Subconscious, real deep. To, no, I'm kidding. I think um, it's just never come up as an opportunity for me. I'm not against it. I wouldn't mind a cruise. I used to take the ferry into Manhattan every day. Does that count? No. That's a kid. <laughs> it was a long trip. It was like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think when I started having money to go on a cruise, then all of these things started happening on cruise ships. Like, yeah. remember the one cruise ship where people had to be rescued because, like, the electricity went out or something mm-hmm. and then the caught plumbing. on fire. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that's There's a lot to... of crazy stuff going on right now with cruises um, that... I think uh, there are a lot of people that are afraid of going or have choose other means of travel, means of vacationing. Um, but if I can be yeah, honest here, us. I mean, flights are not that much safer. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's just be real. There are things that happen on planes all the time that never make it to the light of day media discussion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell so, us a little bit about your cruise. What, uh, where yeah, did so, you go and what did you think? Um, I've only been on one cruise. Um, well, two really. Uh, one was forced. It was an evacuation. <laughs> so it wasn't really a cruise. It Wait, was, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You got on so, the boat. So when I was like uh, 10 years old, I lived in the Philippines and Mount Pinatubo erupted and we were evacuated. And the only way to really get here to mass evacuate that, that many um, military personnel was to put us on ships. And so that was my first experience being on a ship. And so I think for myself, I've never wanted to travel on a cruise because I've been reminded of the memories that I had of of being on a ship for about a week and a half in the middle of, of the ocean trying to get back to the U.S. The cruise that I actually went on as an adult was hard for me because I learned that I get seasick. Mm. How long was your cruise? Um, it was four, four nights, five days. And where did you go? Where was it like to? We left out of Galveston and we went to... Where's Galveston? Uh, Galveston, Texas. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Cool. So just outside of Houston. And we went to um, Mexico, just kind of went around like the coast of Mexico. So like Cozumel. Um, Cozumel was cool, but... You're just there for such a short amount of time, too, that it was just hard. Like, I like to explore islands or explore the destinations that I go to and kind of get deeper into, like, what the day-to-day life is like Mm -hmm. there, not just the tourist spots. And when you cruise, like, when you on a cruise, it's just hard for someone like me who likes to kind of explore a little bit deeper. So you had no idea that you were a person that gets seasick before you— No, mm -mm, I didn't. And so what did you do while you were there? Did you take medicine or like um, how did you? I had a patch, ear patches. What is that? So I guess if you're like prone to getting seasick, you can get a prescription from your doctor where you can put these uh, little tiny 
like equivalent of nicotine patches, but they're not a nicotine patch. They're a small little square. You put it behind your ear lobe and you just wear those like throughout your entire trip. Um, and so I had had those because I, I wasn't sure that I was going to get seasick, but I wanted to be prepared. So you have to get that like pres- in Texas, you have to get it prescribed from your doctor before you go on vacation. And so I had those on, but they make you really, really drowsy for me. They made me really drowsy. So I wanted to sleep more. I was like a little bit more lethargic. I wasn't ex- as excited like to go to the different places because I was just tired pretty much. So I had the patches. I think that added to the experience as well. What were the accommodations like? Was it like um, luxury hotel style or is it just kind of, I just imagine it's like straight up like bunk beds and tiny rooms and not. I mean, granted, I was like on a budget. Okay. So I was (laughs) not on like probably the Norwegian cruise line that I would imagine is a lot more upscale, but the amenities were decent. Like we had, you can, you can pick your, um, your tier, your room tier. So like there are some more affordable rooms that are like at the bottom of the boat that you may not have a window. I needed a window because I know that like I get car sickness sometimes if I can't place my surroundings so I know I needed a window in my room um you can open the window not the room I was in but some rooms have balconies some rooms have um windows that yeah you can open too but in my room but if you're on the third tier you're not getting out if the boat goes down you're not (laughs) you're getting locked into the third on the third floor I feel like I would feel trapped. Like, I feel like I would get off at each port like, oh, God, like, (laughs) thank God, you know, because there's like no, you can't like use your cell phone and stuff, right? Like, isn't there like no service or something on it? Or I feel like there are a little bit more equipped now where like you can connect via Wi-Fi. Okay. Actually... This is a long time ago. This is before cell phones. Um, When my mother had me, my grandparents were on a cruise. So they didn't know that I was born until they got back. <laughs> and then it was like a full week and a half or something like that. So it's like they had they came back like, oh, what? But I guess now it's different. I, I think some people computer. do it for that reason, you know? Like they're probably trying to find a way to unplug a little bit. Yeah. And then... And then I know there is stuff that goes on while you're on the cruise, right? There's usually, like, oh, yeah. activities. And, like, if you have kids, it's great because there's always something for kids. The tribute know? band. Tribute band. Yeah. yeah. Happy they hour. Have, they <laughs> have things, like, every night. They have theme nights. And, like, they have the captain's dinner where people dress up in their formal attire. And, and they have, like, casinos. Like, you can gamble. They have lots of things to keep you, like, entertained on the boat. But I, I just think that I have like a very short attention span when it comes to vacationing. Like once I take my loop around the boat, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. So, yeah. yeah. And you went on a cruise too, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was growing up, I went on one of these like funzy cruises, but I'm, I'm in the Navy. So oh, okay. we oh, wow. quote unquote cruise You've been on- regularly. It's a little different. <laughs> um, like- there's usually plenty of things for us to do, but uh, <laughs> that's where I work. But um, but yeah, no, when we did it, we did one of the ones where you, I think, started at Fort Lauderdale and then went all the way to Disneyland area, Orlando or something like that. So um, yeah, my mom was definitely very grateful um, because it was her traveling with three young kids and there was always something for us to do. So there's like a lot of supervision and stuff like that. One of the things I wanted to touch on is I hear one I've heard before that cruises have a lot of unexpected cost. 
associated with them. Like, you don't realize when you get there. Because, like, sometimes you'll get the package. This is just what I was told. I don't know if this is, like... But, like, did you guys find any unexpected costs with your... I mean, you probably don't remember. I can't recall any added-on costs off the top of my head. I can't. Mm-hmm. I think I've just seen it paying for drinks, like alcoholic Maybe drinks. That, yeah. I did one in Vietnam, actually. I just realized this. I did one in Vietnam last year. Oh, and that's cool. It was a, just a little one, but it... Uh, we did pay for drinks during like happy hour and stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom just went on a cruise with her friends and there was like six That's of cute. them. And um, she's just like the biggest advocate for cruises. She's like, we all, <laughs> they did the Alaskan cruise. Oh, So yeah. she's like, yeah, we all gonna do it like as a, a family. But she was saying like, because they don't really drink too much, they did, they did only food, they didn't do the drinks. <laughs> and um, so they were talking about how, like, at dinner they just make friends and then, ha- like, drink off of other people's yeah. <laughs> Or they'll, like, dr- sure. they're, like, we, yeah, we drink um, before dinner in our cabins because mm-hmm. there's a, like, $15 corkage fee because you could bring a bottle on the ship. And I was like, oh, so you pre-gamed. She was like, uh, I guess. <laughs> That's but. funny. That's how they do it in the club. Do you guys have any, like, cruise tips, like, things that maybe you would have, you wish you would have brought? Or things you're glad that you brought? Yeah. I'm glad I have my patches for my <laughs> ears. So I definitely, I would advise anyone that's going on a cruise for a first time, or maybe you've had, like, a major life event. You've gone on a cruise before, you've had a major life event, and now you're going back again, like, i.e., you've had a baby or something. Maybe your body has changed. Um, I would definitely recommend just visiting your doctor and getting some um, ear patches or Dramamine, just in case. Um Other than that, we were on a cruise with children, so I think being mindful of what activities are available for the kids is super helpful, but also um, being aware of the, I'm trying to find the most delicate way to say this, like, Say it, girl. Yeah, So there's a a lot of crime that happens on cruise ships that people don't know about, and specifically related to small children. Um, There are a lot of creeps that that cruise around. And and so just be mindful of, like, the statistics and research your cruise line. I would definitely recommend that and see how they handle those situations as well. And then I think the other big thing I would probably put out there is just, like, check out the spots that you're going to and see if there's anything that you want to do that can kind of get you exploring the the culture more deeply than like the basic packages they're going to offer you that I think is just like their go-to. You have any tips or anything? Um, one of the things that we were always told is, you know, when you're underway, you don't want to be tired, hungry, or thirsty. And that seems kind of counterintuitive, but those are the things that actually make you more prone to seasickness. Um, so when I first was getting underway, I would like not eat because I'd be anticipating vomiting, right? Um, but that actually makes it worse. So uh, if you just try to focus on having a full stomach and make sure you're hydrated uh, and that you are getting sleep, um, that should help with some of those symptoms as well. And then just walking outside and breathing and looking at the horizon, focusing on the horizon will usually offset some of your seasickness. So Interesting. I feel like focusing on the horizon, that's probably, it's probably so beautiful, but I feel like I'd be like, I don't see any land. <laughs> I would, <laughs> just because like, I mean, like if you guys probably don't know this, Rebecca and Myrtle know I'm very fearful. <laughs> yeah. I'm very fearful of a lot what? of things. Oh yeah. Like, 
Oh my god, I had a dream about bears. We'll talk about that. I had a dream that like bears. I was on like a hike <laughs> and like some bears. I think I was thinking about you guys and your road trip, which we're gonna talk about in a second. But I had a dream that like bears kept, and then like all of a sudden bears are in my house. My mom was like, "These bears are so cute," and I was like, "You're tripping." It's a long story, but bears and dreams are good though. Is that good? Was it a brown bear? It was a ton of brown bears. That's really good. Oh man, Ooh, that's what does up. it mean? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll. I'll so, <laughs> I'm trying it's to good, okay. no, I'm because I, because I, I I all I know is that it's good, and I don't want to be like this is what it means and be totally yeah. inaccurate. Like every dream like reader is like what the you know. Yeah. Um. But no, dogs are excellent in dreams. Black men are excellent in dreams, and bear are like the best things that you can have in a dream. Like <laughs> like like, per, like, per, like no like like when it like prophetically like if you're into yeah. woo stuff like that, but like from a prophetic standpoint, those are like the best things that can be in your dream well let's before we get into back into the bears we'll, we'll circle back to the bears um let's uh let's talk a little bit about this road trip that you guys went on um erica and Lindsay went on a road trip through oregon correct mm-hmm. all um, seven regions in five days yep that, aggressive. yeah that's a that's a very aggressive road trip tell us a little bit about that road trip uh where'd you go what was it like we went legitimately everywhere. I can't remember the entire itinerary, but yeah, every every region of, of Oregon, <laughs> like name them. That there we went. Yeah. <laughs> what was the purpose of the journey? Was it just to explore Oregon, or? Well, for me, um, there was a check involved, so yeah. <laughs> I went because it was work. It was yeah. work for me, and then. Um, yeah. That you know, I my my producers were like, you know, if you want to bring someone, you know, feel free to bring someone. Um, and of course, what friend can be like, yeah, I'll take a week off to take a road trip. Like, I don't have anything to do. That's fine. Um, but I had <laughs> just met Erica. Like, literally, I had met Erica. The trip was what October? No, six to tenth, right? I don't remember. It was sometime in October. Yeah. And you and I had met in September. Yeah, the end of September at Sneaker Week. <laughs> yeah. And like legitimately, like I don't think I've ever hit it off with a person so quickly. And I'm I'm like a hit it off kind of girl. Like if I meet you, like we're friends. Period. That's the end. And like with her, I was like, oh my god, this is like my like she's my spirit animal. Like yeah. this is my person. <laughs> and so I think we like we like hung out for like 20 minutes at Sneaker Week. Yeah. And then I want to say like we kept trying to get together for like maybe three weeks yeah. and I just I kept having to cancel because like stuff was happening and then finally I was just like hey what are you doing like in two weeks do you want to go on a road trip <laughs> she's only been in Portland for not quite six months yet yeah at that point yeah mm-hmm. and so Portland. and I just knew that she was like a travel person I knew she was really looking forward to like getting to know the states so I was just like is there any chance that you would want to go on this like crazy road trip? I'm going with these two white guys that I don't know. <laughs> and I have a free room and free, you know, trip, you know. And she was like, yeah, yes, I will go on that trip with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it could have been really bad, but it was great. So why did you say yes? I'd be interested. Yeah. To know. So this is like one of those fun moments that I have yet to experience in a romantic relationship. But, <laughs> you know, when you're like, how did we meet? Let's tell our story, you know. Um, um, but yeah, so I met Lindsay at Sneaker Week and we totally vibed off each other's energy. And then we were on the phone trying to set something up. And then she said, um, actually, I'm doing this really uh, interesting trip in like a couple weeks. Would you want to go? And I had just moved here. I knew nothing about Oregon. Um, and so I said, wow, taking a shot of Oregon in, in five days, why not? So we had actually not hung out 
longer than twenty minutes. At like twenty week. minutes <laughs> before you went on. Here, before we went on a five day trip. Like, yeah, it really worked out. And you just never know when you travel with someone. You know, sometimes you have like best friends, and then you travel together, and you're like, "Oop, yeah. that's not a zone we're going to be doing again." You know, <laughs> um, but this worked out like so perfectly. Like we actually used the trip as a way to get to know each yeah. other, which was really cool. So first, what kind of vehicle were you guys traveling in? Like, what was that? And like, how many? <laughs> how like how many hours would you say that you spent on the road? All of the hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a lot of hours. We were solidly, with with the exception of, like, stops, uh, you know, on the itinerary, because every, every, I mean, we would hit, like, two places a day, and we would maybe be shooting maximum four hours in every location. The rest of the time, we were on the road, unless we were sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of vehicle were you in? <laughs> minivan? Yeah, was it was a minivan. minivan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And so tell me a little bit about, like, the road trip. What did you do? Where did you go? What did you see? Yeah. I wish I should probably pull up the itinerary. So we did the Painted Hills. Mm-hmm. So I was I was hosting mm-hmm. a series for uh, for Travel Oregon. So um, I already had, like, everything was already taken care of. All of the arrangements were made. All the accommodations were made. Um, so, like, I hung out with um, the park ranger at Painted Hills. Like, she was just the best. So we, would, we like, went on a walk in the Painted Hills and, like, talked about archaeology and the history of Oregon and like we went whale watching um mountain biking you went mountain biking mountain biking how was that I fell a lot and I cursed a lot (laughs) but I also laughed a lot it was really fun I'm I'm really bad on a bike you don't want me on a bike (laughs) it's not good news oh my god like I I'm always like whenever you could just rent a bike and run right around in the city. I'm like, I need a helmet. I'll be the only one with a helmet on. Pads, <laughs> helmet, bubble coats. So but then I tried riding like um, what are those like Vespa like little motorbikes? Uh-huh. And I I didn't realize like yo if you can't ride a bike you really shouldn't ride a motorized type of bike because I crashed <laughs> it immediately. <laughs> I had to pay eight hundred dollars. Oh, what? Oh, oh no. And I was like. Hella lie, hella mad. So ride, learn how to ride the bike first, then yes. get on one of those. Yeah, you should for no, sure do that. And so it was really, I mean, it was really fun because the person that I went um, bike riding with, she was, she, I mean, she was an expert. Like, not, she's an expert mountain biker. She was an expert trails woman. She was an expert Oregonian. Like, she was an expert. So <laughs> she's like, I do Oregon real well. Yeah, no, <laughs> like straight up. Um, and so it was really awesome to like be meeting with and talking with these like very passionate experts in their field. Um, what else was there? I think like to answer your question about the the being in the van part, um, you know, obviously we were all <laughs> we were all like getting to know each other. <laughs> Um, I read everyone their horoscopes. Yes. <laughs> Start to finish. Yeah. So right when Lindsay was like meeting, you know, the guy who was the producer and then when we meet the videographer, um, it very quickly comes to light when their birthdays are. And then she's like, oh, you're a Virgo. Interesting. She was like, oh, well, I could read you like your full horoscope and your description. And so she did. <laughs> did you do birth charts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like texting my mom, like, what time was I born? <laughs> Lindsay needs to know. Like, oh this needs to be accurate. Um, and then we just, I don't know, I feel like we got into like some deep conversations right off the bat with like 
you know, the two guys that were with us. And then, um, yeah, we did, you know, picking music. And, and it's always interesting to see, like, what people like to drive to. Lindsay was, like, super into Congratulations, the song. And we no, we literally that. played it. Like, we literally played it on repeat. <laughs> over and over. No, Post Malone. Yeah. Oh, oh. Post Malone. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. No, I was legitimately like, no, can we just, can we just, just hit, Just one like, more time. Yeah. One can we time. just hit that little button that has the one and so it just yeah, plays on just, repeat? So let me ask you. So you guys all took turns driving then, everybody? No. Then? No. I wasn't allowed to drive because of insurance. Only only the producer drove. Oh, okay. So, I mean, obviously you guys are two black women. Even though you're with two white men, you're traveling through Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, Oregon, you know? Oregon. Tell me, like, (laughs) did you guys at all feel, like, nervous? Or were there points or periods, you know, that you guys felt like? That ghost town, town. I think (laughs) I was the most (laughs) Girl, that whole time I was like, can we not be here during sunset? Can we go? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the ghost town was creepy. Yeah. I need to not be here anymore. Yeah. The ghost town for sure. People yeah. are coming out and looking. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there are people in the ghost town? Oh, it was like oh, yeah. not a ghost not town. Not actually a ghost town. It, it was a ghost town. Like, I think technically. There were ghost buildings. On paper, it's a, it, for sure it's a ghost town, but there were still people How do you become a registered there. ghost town? Like, well, <laughs> the population. population yeah. <laughs> well, no, the yeah. population was under 100. Oh. Yeah. So like, when a population yeah. is under 100 and no longer has a zip code or a mm-hmm. post office, you're a ghost town then. Mm. It's it is now a ghost town. How yeah. do they get mail? They have to go to the town next next to it. Wow. No, so nice. wait. So tell us like, if they want mail because we did meet someone. I don't know if they want who to interact has been off the very off the grid for like decades. Yeah. <laughs> Were you guys like yeah. the first black women they've seen in a really long time or ever? I didn't, I don't know if anyone commented that. And it's really oh, so so the overarching comment that I will make about the trip across Oregon was I was shocked at how my fear of racism was not met with any instance of discomfort. Literally nowhere was it like oh, look a black person or mm. slur or anything. I everyone was nice. I think I was confronted with my own assumptions about how I'm received, especially in a place like Oregon. I felt incredibly comfortable traveling. You felt the same way, Erica? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I didn't encounter anything that was, you know, unsettling from a racial perspective, for sure. Uh, I will say in the ghost town, <laughs> um, there was definitely a lot of me kind of like wandering off at times, um, in part because I didn't always want to hold the reflector plan- the panel. Uh, <laughs> you know. I know that life. Like, it's fun sometimes, and then you're like, okay, I kind of just want to wander a little bit. Um, so I did that in the ghost town, and I, I thought it was a ghost town. Like, I thought there was going to be no people there, you know? And I rounded the corner, and there was this, like, gathering of people that What were they just, doing? They were, it looked like kind of maybe a family get-together barbecue situation, but it... It just looked like everyone was very dusty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, it felt like everyone was like dusty, and there was like dogs. No, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, like, yeah. <laughs> there For was sure. like dogs that looked equally dusty. Like, but they're like <laughs> every. <laughs> what are those things called? The and like tumbleweed. And like, you could, and like you could see a car. Like there was one road that was it, and like you knew someone was coming because of. The dust cloud. Before you yeah. could hear the car or see the car, yeah. you just saw it was like it was dust. And they were all just I mean, they weren't unfriendly or anything. They were just like, Oh, hi. And I kinda wanted to talk to them, but then I kind of also didn't. 
normally I'm pretty good about like, hi, how are you? Tell me your story, mm -hmm. you know? And I just didn't feel like that was a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only time I feel like I felt a little bit un unsettled. You didn't even tell me about that. I didn't yeah. know you met people. Yeah, no, really? there were. There were there were people. Maybe they weren't actually like people. Maybe they were ghosts, and that's why <laughs> they, they were so, they dusty. Were so dusty. Uh, you know? um, but yeah, it was it was it was strange. It's interesting because it seems like you would have never seen a place like that if it wasn't a road trip. When we were driving to, even though it's, I guess it's kind of a road trip, we were driving to Deschutes, yep. to the Deschutes River, uh, to Maupin. Oregon and like there was an area we went through and I was I mean it was me Rebecca and Des in the car and I was a little scared and I was driving but mo mainly because I didn't see anyone or cars for a super long time I think what might what would peak my anxiety if I was driving by myself in that area is like zero cell signal there were pockets where we just had none but so. if you prepared properly and watched Auntie Go's travel tips, then you would know to get you a paper map. Get yourself a paper map when driving Or print them out before you go. Sure. Transitioning from in-state road trips or in-U.S. road trips, your family did an international road trip together. Yes, yes. so uh, in 2016, my sister was studying abroad in Bonn, Germany, and my parents wanted to go to Europe while she was out there, and they kind of got my brother into it and they're like well now the whole family's going so you have to come so I did and we went to we were in Germany we were in France and we were in the Netherlands and because there was five of us my dad was like well why don't we rent a car and go to all these places since they're all relatively close but our car broke down so we rented the car in Germany and it broke down in France and we went with Enterprise because we're like oh they're international but the different offices in different countries didn't talk to each other. So we were left like having to be the middle person on top of not speaking either of those languages and having to like speak through Google Translate, two phones running, oh, sitting no. on the side of the road on Mother's Day in Versailles. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. It was just like a hot mess. But, um, the guy who drove the pickup car, like the who to, or the tow, tow truck, driver. yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it's called. He was hella cool, and he was just like, okay, like he play like Rihanna, and we play like hella people, and we were just like in the car, just turn it up, like on the way to the like tow truck yard, and and we were like, all right, we just go make the best of it. <laughs> um, I used to take a trip um, when I lived in New York. I used to take the train ride from New York City to Montreal. And I've done it like three times. I did it once with my ex-boyfriend just to kind of like go and check it out. Because I was like, it's a super cheap way to get to Canada. Um, it was awesome. I mean, it's a beautiful train ride. I'm actually really curious to take the train ride from Portland to Vancouver, B.C. Yeah. It's a super beautiful train ride. I mean, you're literally in a seat. And like if you're on one side, the... The, there's like a huge river next to you and like all these beautiful like mountains and everything on the other side there's literally like a, just a waterfall mm. streaming right in your eye line and it's super cheap it's like I think it's like $68 round trip sometimes yeah. depending on like when you get the sale and if it's more than that it's like not more than $100 round trip what? so it's How really cool New York to it's a 10 hour ride mm -hmm. oh, it's a 10 hour ride 
Um, but it's very, very inexpensive. It, the, the ride from Portland to Vancouver, B.C. is 10 hours soon. It's also very inexpensive because it's that, about the same distance. That's crazy because the ride to Seattle, because I've been, tra- I love the train and I've been wanting to like take the Portland to Seattle trip because I hear it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's always like $68 one way, $84 one way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Maybe How's I guess well, I've always yeah. well the first time I took it I did get a really good sale and that was on the on the east on the east coast um and then the second time I can't remember exactly the cost but I just remember paying one time $68 round trip. You were reminding me of this like super 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 cheap cross country train trip and it's $186 and it's literally from like I think it was from like Boston to like Los Angeles like it's like and it's like all over like wow. for for $186. Same. But yeah, that's so cool. How it long runs, does that take? Or two thirteen? I think it's like a week and a half or two weeks. There's a lot of uh, good cross country trips. I remember um, there's one from New York to San Francisco, um, and you can get like a sleeper car and all mm. that stuff. And Carrie did it on Sex in the City when she had a book tour. So I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it would be glamorous. I wish it, travel like, was glamorous like that. Like I wish a cruise was like fancy. I'm sure it oh, is. There is. If you, you pay for it. Money. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking of one tip. Yeah, go for it. Um, like, I think the theme of what we've been talking about is kind of like traveling in, in groups or in pairs or whatever and being stuck in one place, kind of, like <laughs> or in been, the same bubble, in the same container. It's become that, yes. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that is necessary in that instance is like being okay with some silence sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an important thing to kind of just, like, not talk for a little while. Like, just listen to the music or meditate or think about what's outside or look out the window and not be multitasking in terms of, like, how do I – what's the next thing I want to say and whatever, you Mm -hmm. know. So I think that's an important part of any of these experiences is allowing people that space to do that. That's really nice. But if you – are tired of music and you don't want silence, but or you want to find silence in a different way. We, I recently did a trip from Portland to Oakland and we listened to podcasts and mm-hmm. we listened to the podcast Drink Champs, which is so amazing. Like <laughs> um, it's a uh, Noriega and DJ. Evan. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And the episodes are anywhere between one and a half hours to three hours long. What? Yeah, so it's just and it's just like funny and you're like listening so that was really fun and that helped because what we did like two or three episodes and that took us like so far because the drive is like 10, 11 hours or whatever. Kills the time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that That's was a really dope good. tip. I totally. like that one. Yeah. yeah, drink champs. All right. So I, before we go, I wanted to ask you ladies about travel resolutions for the new year. It's now 2018. I know I had mine. I, I kept thinking the whole time uh, on New Year's Day, you know what? If I see a really cheap flight to Europe, I'm going to just buy it. I'm going to have to call out of work. Sorry, whatever. I'm going to just buy it. So that's like my travel resolution. If I see something that's really worthwhile, I'm just going to do it. Even if it's by myself, I'm just going to do it. You have any travel resolutions? I I was encouraged to, for the new year, write up to 50 things you want to do in the new year. And it could be something as simple as, like, ride a bike on the weekend or, you know, something bigger. And the very first one I wrote down was spend as much time on a beach in the sun by water. Because, like... I'm really trying to book something within like the next month and try to be and in the summertime go to the beaches that are around here but like need to be in warm water (laughs) in the sun ASAP. 
I think mine is um, to take more advantage of our long weekends and like the holiday days that we have off at work. And I really want to go somewhere every month. Hmm. Hopefully I'll be able to. She going to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My travel resolution is um, just exploring things more closer to home. I feel like we kind of get swooped up into this idea of like travel always has to be a faraway destination. Mm -hmm. And I have a five-year-old and I really want her to get out and experience more things. And the, what is it, the eight wonders? The seven wonders. The the seven wonders of, of Oregon. Like, when I saw that, when I first moved here, the agency was showing something. I was just like, I want to go see those places, and I want to take my daughter. Like, I want her to see it because I want her to get out and see things and have a love for travel at a young age. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about you guys? I feel like if I do travel, because um, last year was just, was like, unusually travel-filled, but it was all work-related travel, I think I would just want to, like, take a trip just to have a good time, not because there's an agenda, but just to like have fun. Mm. So, Erica. So there's kind of two things that come to mind for me for this year as far as travel. Um, the first is I've fallen in love with this dance style <laughs> called Zook. That, She's crazy. Uh, Lindsay has heard me crazy. talk about and pretty much anyone that's met me within five <laughs> minutes knows about. Um, but my entire calendar of 2018 is traveling to dance, essentially, um, to learn, to experience the different kind of subcultures across the country because each community is built by the teachers in that city. Um, And so I'm really excited to do that and kind of travel around the country and a little bit outside of the country to kind of just dance and get better and and just immerse myself in this dance that I've fallen in love with. And then the second thing is uh, most of my life has not been in this country and most of my travel has not been in this country. When I drove cross country moving here, I really tried to focus on appreciating the things that you can see in the U.S. and uh, appreciating that you don't have to leave it in order to travel. Nice. That made me think of one thing. I am going to New Orleans this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if anybody who's listening is from there, knows about it, whatever, hit us up. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> it's Matt on. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say? Um, okay, so I, I just made up a New Year's resolution oh, or a travel resolution for 2018. Any place I go, I'd like to go on a date Ooh, in yeah. that place. Nice. That's, that's dope. I feel like that's a cool way to that learn about the one. place, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I'm people. trying to get booed up, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get booed up. Just yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, does anybody want people to follow them on social media? Do you want people to know where they can find you? Yeah, Twitter, Aunt Lindsay, and Instagram, Lindsay E 525 Lindsay with an A or an E. E. I know. Thank you, girl. <laughs> and then Aunt Lindsay, right? A-U-N-T. Yep, A-U-N-T-L-N-D-S-E-Y okay. on Twitter. Cool. Anyone else wanted people to follow them? I think all my names are uh, Very at, difficult. Yeah, they're, they're my, zero. my college login. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's at M08542. I'm working with her on personal branding, I promise. I, I'll just share mine because I want to know about New Orleans or any beach locations that are cheap and nice. Uh, so on Instagram, it's M-E-R-O-O-O-O-O-N. So that's five O's. <laughs> <laughs> H, do you want people to follow you or are you good? Well, you might follow and be 
disappointed. My life's not that exciting on social media. But your daughter is adorable. 2018 is the year I'm going to get it together. Okay. So I'm at Aisha Toy, A-Y-E-S-H-I-A, Toy, T-O-Y. Rebecca? Rebecca's popping on Twitter. I guess. Um, Oh, yeah, Rebecca. Can we just talk about how fly Rebecca is right now? Those sneakers, those (laughs) socks, those nails, the hair. All of it. Your sweater. I really appreciate that because I gave up this morning. (laughs) 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 Your phone, that opening ceremony, and I can't wait to Uh see your coat. Like, you look so dope right now. I want to be here. And I love your social media, FYI. Yeah. Like your Instagram stories. Yeah. I love it. Well, uh, if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, I'm the Russell. Uh, pretty much every place I'm the Russell, except on Twitter, I'm the other Russell, because the Russell is taken. <laughs> so, the R-U-S-S-E-L-L. Nice. Yes. And you can follow us at OnSheGoes.com, and you can write to us at hello at OnSheGoes.com if you want to give us some feedback, ask us some questions, uh, be connected with any of these ladies, or anything like that. And thank you. Want to talk date, about whatever. something? Yeah, anything. <laughs> Let us know. Tell someone we can date. <laughs> yeah, like we're taking, we're taking tips, we're taking hookups, um, all kinds of things. <laughs> Thanks, Struggles guys. Bye. 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 Bye.